I'm glad that now there's a lot more entrepreneurs that talk about um, building a brand um, and that whole process. I also wish there were more people who talked about the failures <laughs> because I think I think we learn so much more from the failures than we do from the successes. Um, and I went through so many failures. And I've also seen, since I worked with a lot of startups, I've seen a lot of their failures. So I get to learn a lot <laughs> and try to avoid those, those pitfalls, you know, moving forward. Turn this up, turn this up. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Hi, I'm Paul Faranbi, and welcome to Incredible Paul Leadership, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. Today, I have the honor of having Kimberly Shane on the podcast. She's a seasoned footwear designer with over 25 ex years of experience in the industry. She's a trailblazer and became the first African-American female footwear designer at Nike. That is phenomenal right there. I'll keep going. But she has worked for several brands such as Jordan, Adidas, and Converse. She's dedicated to advancing the field of footwear design and mentoring the next generation of designers. So that was just a snippet of you, Kim. But how about you introduce yourself the way you would do it? Oh, thank you, Paul. I'm so glad to be here. Um, so like Paul said, my name is Kimberly Shane. I'm a footwear designer. I've been designing shoes for over 25 years. I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Oh. Um, and now I, um, I work with startups, um, helping them to bring their visions and dreams to life. Wow. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm very glad to be here. That is phenomenal. The, the working with startups. So what made you want to start working with startups? Or was it kind of like serendipitous how that's happened? Well, Working with startups is is fun because now that I've accumulated a lot of these great relationships mm -hmm. throughout the years, I'm able to um, help them navigate, um, help them not get taken advantage of in the industry, especially dealing with um, factories and costs and things like that. And basically just walking them through the process from the beginning to end so mm -hmm. that they understand and know what to expect and, and how things should flow. That's really good because really yeah. from your, your expertise, you kind of know the ins and outs of the industry and some of the things that people may not even know to ask. And so right. I'm curious as far as like, assume like I, I'm a startup, I want to design shoes. What is something, what are the common things that people don't know about being a startup in the shoe space? Like, what do you commonly help people with? Um, well, I think a lot of times, uh, People that start shoe brands don't, they're not necessarily in the shoe industry. Okay. It's like, oh, I just love shoes <laughs> and I want to start a brand or I see a problem. Um, for instance, maybe there's a, a brand that uh, she wants um, larger size shoes mm -hmm. um, and she wants to start a shoe brand because she needs um, her shoes to be in larger sizes. Mm -hmm. Um, so I help to navigate um, that whole process and give them the realistic expectations, mm. especially when it comes to cost and when it comes to timing. Yeah. 
um, of, you know, what, what it is that you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And do you, uh, you know, are you really um, financially able to make this commitment? Because the, the shoe industry is, is very difficult mm-hmm. and it's very expensive. Wow. So you just have to have all your ducks in a row to make sure you're able to finance um, the different steps that are needed to move forward. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's really good to know as far. Yeah. I, I know very little about the shoe industry. I know about buying shoes and wearing shoes, but that is right. the, the limit of where my <laughs> exactly, knowledge goes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's, there's a big difference between creating a brand. And that's another question I ask a lot, you know, are you trying to create a brand or are you just creating, um, you know, just you just want to release a product. Okay. You know, because that's that's a whole nother process. There's two different processes. Yeah. So the people that you know. come to you, do they more want help with a brand or a product, or is it kind of a mix? For the most part, they want help. They they want to build a brand. Okay. But um, the realities of all that's involved is <laughs> some somewhat. <laughs> You know, especially if if I'm dealing with a, a former athlete, mm. it's like, oh, I want to build, you know, my own brand. And literally, there's there's no logo yet. <laughs> there's no logo font. There's no brand colors. There's, mm. there's nothing in place yet. So um, I found that I, I have to work on like uh, basically a retainer mm. because I, fi- I find myself being hired to design a shoe. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I end up d- d- doing brand strategy, brand, mm. you know, visual identity. Wow. I'm, I'm helping with business plans and I'm putting together pitch decks. <laughs> wow. And I'm doing all this stuff, but I only charge for just to create a shoe. And I'm wow. like, well. <laughs> yeah, that. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that sounds like a lot. And so I, I know a little bit about uh, building a brand just from the stuff I do with Incredipal. And it definitely it takes time. And this isn't right. the, the first logo <laughs> I had for Incredipal. It's the, the second one. And I have like the other one that I use as well. And so you talked, uh, I, I want to stay on this brand thing for a second. What are some key parts mm-hmm. to establishing a brand or even creating a brand that you work with people on? Um, I think really a lot of it comes back to, um, you know, why are you doing it? And are mm. you really solving a real problem? Mm. And so I, I kind of want to talk about that because um, I started a brand. Uh, my first brand I started was a kid's brand. Mm. And I was fresh out of Nike. I was like, I want to start my brand. Um, and since I'm a designer, I'm so focused on creating this great product. Yeah. Right. So I'm so focused on creating a great product and I didn't have mentors around me yet who had already started a brand or had, you know, created a business. So really the the only part I knew was, okay, how to create a great shoe. Mm. I didn't understand that you need all these other elements surrounding it to, you know, actually get it sold and, um, and I really didn't look at, am I really solving a problem? Are you looking for a place to continue to grow and develop, especially in your leadership? How about connecting with others who feel the same way? Hi, I'm Paul Ferrandi, a.k.a. Incredible Paul, and I've got great news for you. 
The Incredible Paul community is for people who desire to become the most incredible versions of themselves. The community is for individuals who are goal-driven and action-oriented. This community is dedicated to leadership and personal growth, especially in going deeper in your career, starting a business, or developing a business. Join me in becoming the most incredible version of yourself. Go to incredipal.org slash community to join the wait list and sign up. I-N-C-R-E-D-I-Paul dot org slash community. Join the wait list. I can't wait to see you there. And that was one of the things that I really um, had to think about. So it's like, am I really solving a problem? And the my consumer that I'm targeting is this it, are there enough consumers out there to buy this product and that's where I kind of ran into a wall because I was I created something that was really niche and the the target I, I was missing my target market I was I was trying to um I was I was aiming for a younger target target market and I ended up getting older, um, seasoned mothers who wanted to buy this product for their grandkids. So I completely missed the mark on it because I was just so focused on the product. And I created this awesome shoebox that turned into like a school bus. It was, oh, wow. it was amazing. It was, it, yeah, it was, it was super fun, super fun. I was, I was trying to combine um, my love for footwear and my love for learning. So it was almost like the, the footwear version of, um, like an educational toy. Wow. But like I said, I completely missed the target market (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't, I, there was, there was so many things about running a business or making the business successful that I just didn't know. Mm. I just didn't have privy to the, the information. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a, a good point. Like creating a brand is, is not easy. And I think it definitely, it is not. It definitely takes some iterations <laughs> as well. Yes. Because, and you have to take the time to like analyze and see how things are going. And I think with other, with, yeah. with branding, entrepreneurship, and leadership, there's similarities across the board as far as really what you were talking about with your brand, understanding your why, why in your brand, why Mm -hmm. in your entrepreneurship, why in your leadership, because if you don't understand why you're there or your why is not aligned with the people you're trying to meet, you're going to be really frustrated, frustrated, stressed out, and things are not going to go as you want them to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that was definitely that was definitely lessons learned. So I, it, I'm glad that now there's a lot more entrepreneurs that talk about um, building a brand um, and that whole process. I also wish there were more people who talked about the failures <laughs> because I think I think we learn so much more from the failures than we do from the successes. Um, and I went through so many failures. And I've also seen, since I worked with a lot of startups, I've seen a lot of their failures. So I get to learn a lot <laughs> and try to avoid those those pitfalls, you know, moving forward. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a really good point, the, the failures. And I'm, I'm laughing and smiling because 
that's something I like to talk about failures and resilience because I talk about that rejection or failure is inevitable. And really anyone that has done anything that is of substance or is continuing to move forward has failed. And the reason why I mentioned that is that you can think about as a negative, like, oh, they failed, I'm going to fail. But you realize that these people, whether it's the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Tyler Perrys, all of these people that are billionaires, they have failed as well. So if they have failed and they're billionaires, how am I going to think that I'm a startup and I'm not going to fail? Everything's just going to go smoothly. I'm not going to have any issues. So I think there's some comfort in that to know that these highly successful people are failing and the failure is just a stepping stone that Lily reaches that takes them to the success. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's failures. I I, I hate to say failures. (laughs) They're, 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 they're opportunities. Mm -hmm. That's a good word for opportunity. Um, You know, so there, there were a lot of opportunities. Um, And, and also to the realities um, it's, I I feel like it's a lot harder to, um, as a minority to, to bounce back from those failures. Um, you know, because honestly, a lot of times you get that one shot, you know, you say, oh, I'm going to start my own brand. I'm going to start my own business. You have your friends and your family's like, yes, we're behind you. Uh, we support you. And, you know, they help, you know, in any way that they can through, through their um, expertise or their finances or what have you. But if you fail, I feel like that bounce back is a lot harder for us than for, for some others. And let me tell you, I've, I, I keep bouncing back. I'm just, <laughs> I am definitely, you know, I feel like if, if God's given you the vision to, uh, to do something, he will give you provision. So I just continue to keep moving forward um, and just keep learning from those, those opportunities and it'll, it'll happen. Yeah, I, I love that. that was a bar you said just there. If God gives you the vision, he will give you the provision. Yeah. I'm going to repeat that for anyone who missed that. That <laughs> that That is that's really good. That really, when you understand your purpose, your why, for us as people of faith, what God has called us to do, and we walk in it, that keeps yeah. us motivated even when we fail or things, we're, we start to hit roadblocks as well. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely been a journey. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, a it's definitely been a journey. It's a journey. Well, speaking of journey, I know you talked about being in the footwear design industry for over 25 years. So take yes. me back to when you, it has evolved. Yeah. I'm sure it's, <laughs> it's definitely evolved. But even like yeah. when you first started, is that what you were looking to do as far as doing shoe design or? Like, to talk me through how you even decided that you wanted to be a footwear designer. You know, um, honestly, I mean, I come from my my whole dad's side of the family are creatives. My my dad was um, a self-taught um, oil painter. He painted paintings that you would have to get inches away to realize that they were not a photograph. Um, my grandmothers all sewed, my mom sewed, everyone was basically really creative. And then I have the other side that was all educators. 
So I've come from a long line of educators and creatives, and I've always been drawing. But honestly, you know, I grew up in the inner city in Miami and Liberty City. Um, and you just don't know what you can do with that. You know, it's just like I could draw, I could do, I could take photographs, I could do a lot of things. But I just, there was just, there was a limit of opportunities that, that we were aware of. Um, and the great thing about um, Miami is that we have a lot of magnet programs. So um, those magnet programs, I started a magnet program in the fourth grade. Wow. In the fourth grade? So I st- yeah. I started my first magnet program in the fourth grade. Yeah. And for those... Um, in, my, in Miami. I was going to say, I don't want to cut you off, but for those who are, aren't familiar with ma- what magnet programs are, can you explain it? So magnet programs are schools that specialize in certain um, certain things. So like my magnet program specialized in the visual arts. So we had, you know, music, dance, drama, art, and we had those teachers. The great part was a lot of the teachers either were former dancers or, or um, artists that had their own galleries and they taught. So we, we got a lot of great teachings from um, the educators there. Um, and it's something you had to audition to get into those, those schools and you had to maintain a certain grade point average to stay there. So, that sounds like high stakes, a lot of pressure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it, it was. And I was able to get high school credit. So I actually started college um, as a sophomore. So I skipped my freshman year. Wow. So, yeah. So I've always wanted to do art, but I just didn't know. It's just like, okay, the the obvious things were there. Were you going to be an art teacher, an architect, um, a fashion designer? Um, And I just didn't know. And honestly, when I was in high school, probably about the 10th grade, um, there was a young man that came to our school. He had graduated from from my school. Um, I went to um, the New World School of the Arts um, in downtown Miami, and he was a graduate from there. He came back and he was a car designer. And he talked about, you know, what it was like, you know, being a car designer. And then the light bulb went off. I was like, oh, I want to be a car designer, too. So honestly, I began my career or um, my, my, my thoughts and everything moving forward. I was like, I wanted to do car design. So I went to school for car design. That's cool. Like and, that. um, but the majors call industrial design. Yeah. Industrial design. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I went to went specialized in car design. So that was, that was truly fun, but you have to understand that was around, that was in the nineties. So honestly, there weren't, you couldn't major in footwear design. It, it just didn't exist. It didn't exist. So a lot, a lot of the designers back then that did footwear were they came from they they were architects, really, or graphic designers. Yeah, there was there was no car. I mean, footwear design major. Um, and I had I had an intern at Ford, and my mentor at Ford. I I, I um I expressed to him that's why I'm meant um. What is it called? Um, internships. That's why I feel internships are so important because when I did my internship in advanced studios at Ford, 
I realized that this wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, school, school, the, the way it was, it was presented in school was great, but that wasn't the, re- there, there were a lot of other challenges that I knew I would have to face being in that industry. And it's something that I really didn't, didn't want to do. I just wanted to be creative and I just wanted to create Um, and he, he approached me and was just like, well, have you ever thought about doing shoes? And because he had an intern that came through previously that went on to work at Adidas. And he was like, have you ever thought about doing shoes? And I was like, oh my goodness, shoes. I, it never, it never crossed my mind that this was actually a job. Like someone's actually sitting at a desk drawing shoes. Um, and I was just like, yes, I would love, I would love to draw, to draw shoes, you know? So he got me in touch with his former intern and, um, I, after, after graduation, I I had a, um, interview with Adidas with a portfolio full of cars. (laughs) (laughs) Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredipal for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to incredipal.org slash coaching, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching or at I am Incredipal on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself. <laughs> wow. So, I just want to highlight yeah. a few things there. Like really what you mentioned, the importance of internships. That I, I tell people the yes. same thing. That even if it's not something that you want to do, you at least learn what you don't want to do. And an internship is in a controlled yeah. environment. You have someone that's really there for your development. So it's the best place to really... De- figure out if it's something that you don't want to do and then having a mentor as well that was able to see something in you as far as wanting to do something else had someone that had interned at it will work for full-time at adidas afterwards and was able to connect you with that mentorship is so important yes yes most definitely so yeah, so so at Adidas, that's where I learned how to do everything. <laughs> it was it was it was a great it was a great place to be. I had a great team, great team of guys, um, and uh, they taught me everything I needed to know about about shoes. And I got a chance to um, work with athletes. And um, when I was at Adidas, I was on the training team. So the awesome thing about that at the time was that we would get shoes created in our size and we would go and train with the athletes so we could actually feel like what they were feeling in the shoes as we were going through the, the prototype stages. That is so cool. So, yeah. So it was it was awesome to be able to really make adjustments knowing, OK, I felt this. So I need to make this adjustment, <laughs> you know, so it was it was definitely, I, I had a great foundation for um, creating performance footwear, you know, so it was a great opportunity. Yeah, that, yeah, to, to from go from your portfolio full of cars 
to really finding what you really yeah. love at Adidas. That is phenomenal. From yeah. I know you you work- shoes shoes are just like shoes are just uh cars without wheels. Cars, without- <laughs> yeah, they do get us to where we need to go. I love that analogy. Shoes are just cars without wheels. <laughs> that that's gonna stick with me. I yeah. love I love that. <laughs> shoes are cars without wheels. So I I know you worked for a few different places as well, and that you were the, the first African American female designer at Nike. So kind of walk me through how that happened. Was that your next step, or did you work at somewhere between Adidas and Nike? Yeah, well, the first in in, fo- in footwear. In footwear, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, in fo- yeah. But um, but it's so funny. It's like a lot of people highlight um, being the first nowadays, but it's it's so funny because I've. I feel like if you're the only one <laughs> represented in that space during that time, it's it's the same amount of pressure <laughs> that that you experience if you're the first or the only, you know. So a lot of times I was always the only, you know, I was the only, you know, African American female to graduate from my class. I mean, I was in car design, <laughs> you know. So you know, I was in car design, and then I. W- I was the only African-American female footwear designer at Adidas at that time. There was no other, you know, so I don't know if I was the first, but I know that I was the only. And like I said, when, you know, when you're in that space and you're the only, you still have that pressure of um, knowing that your performance, um, how you handle situations and things like that are going to trickle over into you know, is the next person going to be able to, you know, get get this this job or be able to to play this role? You know. Yeah, for sure. So it was always a lot, a lot, a lot of of pressure. Um, but after after Adidas, um, I actually went back back home to Boca Raton, Florida. There was a I went to a small a smaller brand after Adidas, um, and I learned about. Um, Oh, what is it called? Licensee, um, designing for a licensee brand, which is a totally different process yeah, than what is um, working for the big, the big brands. Licensee brands work on a much tighter timeline. So in, in the bigger brands, you would have, you know, a nice, beautiful laid out process. You go, you go on inspirational trips and you go to different <laughs> functions and you have big brief presentations and you go through all this stuff to get from point A to point Z. In a licensee brand, it's like, okay, <laughs> this is this is what this is what we need. And the the timeline is a lot shorter. It's like half the time and you're creating multiple, multiple um, amounts of shoes. So I might at at a bigger brand, I might be responsible for maybe um, three to five shoes at a licensee brand. I might be responsible for twenty three. Wow! So <laughs> and 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 you have to there. There's no color designer there to help. There's no material designer there to help. You do everything. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so it is a high pressured situation environment and. It was a it was a great experience. 
it was a great experience. So I've, I've experienced, you know, the big brands, the, the nice, comfy <laughs> situation. And then, you, and, and then you have the high powered licensee brands was all about, we just need it, need to get it out and get it going. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and then going back into, then after that, I went to Converse. So Converse at the time was, um, just starting back up. They hadn't been bought by Nike yet. So they were just getting back into motion. So I, I've been I've been at a lot of brands at a lot of different points in in you know their career, their their timing too. That that's that's incredible. The how you've seen different sides of business are working on the bigger brands, the licensee brands, and even different parts of their story, like you just mentioned with Converse prior to them being uh, bought by Nike. And I know like uh, when you were talking about, I want to go back to something you said before about being the first and the only as far as kind of having those similar feelings, similar thoughts on it. And to me, what what I'm hearing is kind of like those thoughts of imposter syndrome might come up. And I'm wondering, is that, was that true for you? Did you have feelings of imposter syndrome? And how were you able to navigate that? Um, I think because I've always been the only in those rooms for so long. Um, I mean, even even in the um, in middle school, high school, because I had I was, you know, I'm sure you've heard of, you know, you, you bust in from from the city. So I was one of those ones that's bust in. So I was always in that place of just being the only one that looked like me in the class or what have you. Um, so I just built up a resilience for it. But also, too, I had a strong foundation in my, my faith foundation. You know, I knew who who I was, um, whose I was, um, and I knew I knew my value, you know, in Christ. So I, I I knew I was meant to be wherever he opened up the doors of opportunity for me to be. That's really powerful to really knowing your identity in Christ. And that's what fueled you even when seemingly around you, if you didn't look like everyone else, you knew because yeah. God had brought you there that you were meant to stay there. Well, were there any key moments? Cause I know you've worked, worked for a lot of, different brand, any key moments or stories or key things you learned throughout your, your journey as a, a shoe wear designer that kind of stick with you? Um, let's see. And I know I kind of put you um, on the spot. So maybe, maybe <laughs> like on either let's maybe key moments at, at Nike or like your, your first, because I know you talked about when you were Adidas and going to licensee brand and Converse, like, right? Like, what about uh, Nike? If Nike stood out, um, I think what I've learned, honestly, uh, the most is just um, how important your mental strength needs to be through through all of this. Um, when you have so many things that are happening at the same time, and just trying to maintain. Um, mental clarity and balance because being a creative, it's not like being a mathematician. I mean, it, 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 one plus one isn't always two, you know, I mean, you have to be in a great creative space 
to be able to do what you need to do. Um, and just to make sure that I maintain a balance and an order. Um, I didn't realize how important that was until I stopped traveling to China for like COVID. Oh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize how much I needed just that, that time, you know, on the plane, just to, to decompress, to just not hear anything, just to, you know, be, be centered again. And then it was almost like a restart. And it's like when you don't have that time of not hearing anything, <laughs> you I, I I didn't realize how much it impacted, you know, my my creativity when when it was gone. You know, especially now with my kids and husband, um, I have to really carve out that time of just silence and that that time of being centered and just being being in the present moment for me to continue to, you know, create great things because without it, it's, it's like having a writer's block yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or creative block. Creative block. Yeah. No, that that's yeah. a good point. Good point. No, I, I think yeah. that's a really key thing that you brought up as far as having room for, for margin is so key yeah. Because that, especially for if you're creative, because that's how you're able to have those thoughts and ideas come flowing. So I think, and that's something I've been working on to be more intentional about, to carve out space mm -hmm. as far as like when I'm doing certain things and also just keeping some spaces open and not trying to fill up my, my calendar. So I, I think that yes. that's a really key point that you, you brought up. And that just because you have the time doesn't necessarily mean that you should try and fill it with something else. But I do want to know, is there anything that we haven't talked about yet or anything you want people like the audience to know about you um, as we kind of close things out? Um, to know about me, I, you know, I love people. <laughs> I love, I love, I love working with teams and I love um, being able to learn and grow from people. And um, I'm just a life, lifelong learner, you know, and I really stress that everyone should be lifelong learners. Um, when you learn, teach, you know, and I, I love, I love men mentoring, you know, young people, young designers. Um, and that's something I, th I don't think I'll ever stop doing. <laughs> I, I really love that as far as not only being a lifelong learner, but also teaching, because I think it takes a, a special person to teach. And I, it's really easy when you're good at something to just keep doing it, as opposed right. to go back and lift as you climb, as we've heard it said. Yeah, I, I think that's, yes. that's really key. Awesome. Yeah, but it's, Thank you. yeah, it's been really <laughs> fun having you on the podcast, getting to learn more about you and your journey in the, the shoe design, um, even talking about overcoming failure, navigating imposter syndrome, and just continuing to, to do the thing to be creative. Cause I know the creative space is not easy, yes. but no, it is yeah. not. <laughs> I know you, you've been in it for a while and to transition from building other people's brands like in a corporate sense 
to for you to build your own brand and help others build your brand as entrepreneurs and startups that is truly incredible thank you thanks so much for having me paul yeah <laughs> i appreciate you yeah i want to make sure people know how to, to find you as well and i know that you also have a, a shoe brand so i'll definitely talk about your shoe brand talk about how people can find you on your socials um well i'm st i'm still working on the the new brand yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm still working on a new brand but um they can find me on instagram at the soul of me um and um i'm also on linkedin uh kimberly glover shane on linkedin so good good yeah i'll make sure so for those of you who are watching you already saw come across the screen for those of you listening <laughs> it's in the show notes uh, so definitely check it out and if you're just listening definitely go to, go to youtube watch it um at incredible paul uh but it's been i already said it's it's been really incredible having you on the show i learned a lot i like i said the most i knew about shoes before was just i put them on and then i usually pick nike <laughs> or Jordan or pretty much all the places you work are the shoes I usually like to wear. Yeah. So, yeah. so I love that. But for everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed our conversation and that when you're trying to do something, don't let imposter syndrome or feelings of feel that you don't fit in, keep you down, seek out mentorship, surround yourself with people who are going to keep you motivated. Definitely either reach out to myself for help or I know, uh, Kim does a mentoring for, in, for different people. So if you are in the design space, I definitely stay connected with her and all the wonderful things that she's doing so that you can keep being incredible. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time and be incredible. Incredible. incredible.